to the Reawakened Mom podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Clampett. I'm so grateful you're here. This show is for you if you find yourself always putting others' needs before yours. You naturally take care of others first. You find yourself in constant comparison with other moms. You put your dreams, goals, ambitions, and passions on hold. If you raised your hand and said, that's me, this show is for you. You are not alone. My goal with this podcast is to show you it doesn't have to be this way. I invite you to join the weekly conversations and learn mom hacks, proven strategies, techniques, and mindset tips to reawaken who you truly are. Some episodes, I'll be here sharing tips on how you can reawaken your home, relationships, career, purpose, self-love, kids, mindset, and more. Other weeks, I'll invite other moms and experts to share their stories and journeys on how they reawakened their life. Mama, it's time to come home to yourself. We need your voice out in this world. So stop hiding, stop dimming, stop following, and start knowing, shining, and leading because you are not alone. Let's reawaken the passion living inside of you together. Mamas, thanks so much for joining us today. I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation that I have with Josie. She is absolutely amazing and we're going to dive into finding joy and having more fun and feeling safe in your body and so much more. So you're going to make sure you listen all the way till the end. But before we dive in, I wanted to take a moment and really thank again the people that have given me a review on Apple Podcasts and I wanted to share a couple of them. So DLH9 said, great podcast. Your voice is very soothing and clear. Yay for you, mama. Thank you so much. And next one is Mama Bake. This is from my sister. So proud of you, sissy. Absolutely loved your first episode. You are going to change the world. Amazing job. So thank you so much to those of you that have taken the time to leave a rating and a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you are listening. It really means the world to me and I appreciate those. Keep them coming. Let's dive in. I'm so excited to be here today with my friend Josie Whitman. I'm just calling her Josie just so you know from now on. So she's like the Beyonce, like the Madonna, like she's just Josie. <laughs> I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to to have you just talk and like breathe life into my audience today. So I want to just talk a little bit about you and then we will dive right in. So Josie is a holistic beauty coach. She's a podcaster. She's a rocking podcaster. I'm just adding that word in. Um, And she's on a mission to help women feel safety within themselves and to bring their sexy back. I love it. Oh my gosh, Josie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that amazing introduction. I love the rocking podcaster. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, duh. It's so true. (laughs) But I would love to dive in like to your story and like that little snippet in there about safety in themselves. Like what, where did that come from? Why is that word so important to you to have in there for women to feel that safety? For the longest time, that's a beautiful question. For the longest time growing up, I didn't feel safe in my body. I didn't know that I was so disconnected from my body, but I was so disconnected from my body. And I was just running through life kind of like an autopilot, just in the doing and going. And I would get to my one goal, next goal, get to the goal, next goal. And I never really 
was in here. And so when I went through my journey of reconnecting with myself and doing the embodiment practices through somatics, which is working with the soma, working with the body. That's when I noticed how numb I was. Like I, there was places in my body that I couldn't even feel that didn't even have sensation. And by slowly starting to like feel safe to like start to explore those sensations and ask the questions, I was starting to feel safe in my body again. And that has been like the catalyst to my spiritual growth, the catalyst to not running away from my problems anymore, the catalyst to fully presence in my life. So it's huge. Like that safety within myself is huge, huge, huge. And so how, how did that journey begin for you? Like, where did you start? Like, was that like yoga? Like, is that breath work? Like what, can you tell us a little bit about that embodiment work? Cause I think so many women will probably need to hear that. Like mm-hmm. something that might work for them. Obviously yes. this isn't like a prescription. We're not writing oh, out a yes. prescription for nope. you, but you know, <laughs> we want to give you tools. And so I just wanted to hear like, what does that mean for you? Like, what was that embodiment for you? Yeah. So the embodiment practices were just like, being present to my breath, being present to the sensations I'm feeling on my body, like just being like enough to just close my eyes and like drop in to like my internal landscape. Like that was like something that I'd never even done before. And so through my coaching certification, um, through like the somatics and learning about how the soma works, I thought I was taking this course for like help my people, right? I'm going to help my people. But on this journey of like taking this somatic embodiment course, what I did was learn like how to drop in. And it's that sensation, feeling the sensation. It's that connection with yourself. And it's that gentleness with yourself. It's just, it's like, I keep saying a coming home to myself. It's just, it's just that. Yeah. Why do you think like so many women, like, don't even know who they are. Like, Mm. where does that even come from? Mm. You know, of not being able to even feel sensations. You Mm -hmm. said like body, like where, where does that come from? Why do we do that to ourselves? Mm -hmm. It comes from the beginning of time. Like from the moment that we come into, into the world, we have our parents and they're so well-meaning, so loving, but they're telling us what to do. They're telling us how to feel. They're telling us for me, like, stop crying, like be strong. You're the oldest, you're the example, like be this, be that. And so that was my role. I was the example. I was the oldest. I, yeah, listened to, I wanted to be obedient to my parents and what they said. And then their society at a whole doing the same thing, telling us to be a certain way, be humble, be meek be sweet, right? They're telling us all these things. And so then again, we're like, for me, it was like people pleasing and ship shifting. Like, where do I fit in? And how can I, how can I like belong? And that was a way for me to totally disconnect with my body as well to fit in. And so it was just the programming. And so I call it an unlearning and putting in the things that we want into our bodies, putting in that safety for ourselves and being our own cheerleader and having our own back, because that's really what the embodiment practice is. It's just like knowing to my core that no matter what, I have my own back. And that allows me to start to feel safe because I know that even though it might not always feel good, I will be there to like pick myself up. And I can always count on myself. And that is the big thing that I'm always telling my client is like clap for yourself and like 
have your own back, be gentle with yourself. It almost has to be like a mantra, like gentle, gentle, like be gentle with yourself, be compassionate with yourself, be loving with yourself. And it's not something that we're taught in the outside world. So we have to do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So much because, you know, we always are a cheerleader for Mm -hmm. for everyone else, right? We're always a cheerleader for everyone else. And then we could do something and we don't even notice it, Mm -hmm. right? You get a goal and you're like, yeah, okay, move on next. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't do that enough for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. it's such an issue, you know, of not being able, we look at the negative things that we do Mm -hmm. and, you know, we harp on those things, but the great things that we do, or even the minute things that Mm -hmm. we do, you know, especially as a mom you know, and you have a little one, you know, for me, when I had a little one, little one at home, it was like, oh my God, I got a shower today. Like it was like a running joke with like the moms. It was like, I was able to get a shower while my child was taking a nap. And that was like the biggest win, like two claps, you know, like high 10, um, you know, for those things. But mm-hmm. it's as we get older and like you said, society, we don't do that enough for ourselves on those little things that other people just look over, but like, that's a win for us. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you recommend people do that? Like, how do people cheer for themselves? Like you said the mantras, but like, do you have like tips on like, here's like some steps or here's some things that have worked for me that might work for you. Yes. Let's recognize those mm-hmm. things, right? Yes. It starts with making a list of your wins. Like just start with that. Just get your piece of paper out and list out whatever comes to mind of all the wins and just sit there for a second and look at it. And like, look at all the wins that you've had up to the point that you're at in your life. Because so, like you said, so often we'll look at all our things and all our negatives and all the things that aren't working. And we will like harp on it, like you were saying, but we don't ever make lists of, like, if I were to ask, like make top 10 lists of the things that you're most proud of. Like our minds have to think so hard. (laughs) We have to go so deep. to like clap for ourselves. So if you could even just make a list of like 10 things, like give yourself that time, light a candle, turn on some music, write it out. You'd be so amazed by just that one little simple exercise of all you've accomplished so far. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I um, was working with a business coach and, you know, she's like, okay, let's talk about the things that you've done. And it's like, you forget, oh my God, I birthed children. Like my body actually grew a thing. It wasn't even a human at that point, like a thing, an egg, like, and then it took it and it grew ears and a nose and a mouth. And then it learned how to like grow and like, what the heck? Like I am magic. Like my body is magical. Mm -hmm. And like, even that thing, like mothers, like dismiss it. Mm -hmm. It's like you, not any man, like Mm -hmm. a woman, like you did this in your body without even knowing you were doing it. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to work at it. It just naturally happened because your body is innate to know how to grow a human. Mm -hmm. And you did that because that's like, it's amazing. And so even like those things, it's like, oh my God, that's right. I did that. And my you feet, they carried me like through all of the things that I've done. They've carried me in life. They've ha- helped me run a marriage. Like whatever it is, it's like mm. those little things those that little we just things. rush over every day. Mm-hmm. And even our down moments, like even the things that about ourselves that we don't necessarily love. Like for me, it was like the, pe- the people pleasing. I was a ship shifter. I wanted to be long. I wanted to fit in and being the only black girl from like junior high until 11th grade, like I didn't look like everybody else. So I didn't feel like I fit in. And so I did feel like I had to like ship shift to like 
blend in and belong. And so for me, I'd always look at that as like a negative thing. And I've always like, like it wasn't, it's not a good thing, but now I'm looking at it like, I've been able to make friends with so many different people. I've been able to interact with so many different people and have different circles of influence because of my doing my people pleasing. And so it looking at the ways that what we did to service at certain periods of time benefited us is even, I mean, that's even a powerful exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you, do you mind like sharing that? Like you just shared, I feel like a ton there we could like pull apart, but like just growing up in middle school and trying to fit in and Mm shape shifting because I, you know, and and you shared, you know, you're, if you were the only black girl that Mm -hmm. was there, like how, how did that happen for you? Like, how did, how did that play a role in like you becoming who you are Mm -hmm. now? Like you, would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that journey was not an easy one because not only did I, not only was I the only black girl growing up from elementary to junior high to what 11th grade in high school, I didn't speak the language either when I started first grade. So I didn't know any English. And so now, and then, so, and then my parents would let me wear jeans to school for the longest time. It was like dresses, girls wear dresses. And so all of that, was like I was born to stand out, but all my little self, all my young Josie wanted to do was fit in, right? And belong. Yeah. And so I would do like it's the thing where you it's the thing where you look back on that and you're like, how did that little person even do it? Like, yeah. how did that little person even do it? Because I would just go to school and like just put the charm on, put that happy face on and be that light, be like, nothing is wrong. Everything is happy. And what I found is that the happier I was, the more people were gravitating towards me, the more friends I was making. And so then it was like, a that's where I adopted the fake it till you make it. Like that was my mantra growing up. And I just, it didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter how I felt. I just was the happy girl. And everybody was like, okay, she's the happy person. She's the one you go to, to like, get some of that good feeling juice. And so for the longest time, I would put all my, all the feelings I had down and I just didn't give myself permission to feel sad. I didn't give myself permission to be angry, especially in public. It was like that good face, like put on that good face, that mask on that happiness that wasn't always happy, you know? And so that's how it showed up for me. And it showed up for me for years. It wasn't until I started doing kind of like the inner child work in May to do this in 2020, a course that I took that I started to be like, oh my gosh, my feelings are actually gifts. Like I'm allowed to bring my feelings to the table. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I think, and especially you said, you know, so people were gravitating, you were getting reinforced for being happy. So you were making new friends because you were happy. So, you know, that's obviously you were craving that friendship and, and, you know, fitting in. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said you were made, you were almost made to stand out. That's such an interesting reflection because 
I look at it like I want to stand out. I don't know if you look at it like that now. Like it's a good thing to stand out. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to blend in. Mm -hmm. Like I want my voice to be heard. Like I want people to hear me. I want people to look at me. And so it's so interesting. Do you find that now? So like, okay, you were meant to stand out there, but like you were maybe standing out for all the wrong reasons. But have you found that that's shifted or like, are you like your mentality potentially? Oh yeah, 100, like a complete 360, 180, however you want to look at it. I, like I was saying, yeah, it felt like back then, my, everything about me was like, this is the new girl. She doesn't speak English. She's Haitian. She's black, like all the different things about me. And everybody kept saying like, you're so lucky, like growing up, you're so lucky. You're so different. You're so lucky. You're so unique. Like, and I didn't take that as a positive at all. Yeah. But as I've done the healing work and as I've like stepped into who I am and I love and adore this person that I have built, <laughs> I love the fact that I'm different. I love that I change my hair every couple months. I love that I am who I am now, but that wasn't always the case. Like I definitely had to like peel back that layers <laughs> and look into the depth of my soul and give myself permission to be who I am, feel who I am. And basically a remembering of whose I am even Yeah, like it's been, yeah, it's been an incredible journey, but yeah, now I'm fully embracing all of it. <laughs> Did that start like before you were a mom or after like that? Like, was it a rock bottom for you when you decided to start that like healing process? Or was it just something that like you said, like, oh, I was taking a course and I thought it was going to be for my students. And then it really benefited me. Like, how did that start for you? Because I think it's always interesting to me to find out like, you know, especially with listeners listening, like, mm -hmm. do I have to be at my rock bottom? Like, you know, this is where, how I'm feeling. And this is, you know, something that maybe could help me as well. Mm -hmm. How did that start for you? So I feel like I've always been on a journey for self-discovery, self-healing by like reading the books and by just the line of work that I'm in. So I, before becoming a coach, I was a cosmetologist, which is why I call myself a holistic coach. Cause I work with the whole being now, not just the hair. <laughs> and making people beautiful from the outside, but actually going in. So with that question of how my journey started was I was just looking for answers. And I just was always curious and always a learner of reading books and from reading the books, then putting them into practice. But it wasn't really until <gasps> this is another big story until I like left the country on my own and went on this journey to Southeast Asia by myself, not knowing a soul that I was like able to discover, like, what is it that I want in this life? Who is it that I am? And why is it that I'm always running away? Why is it that I'm always starting everything? For, like I'm always starting new beginnings. Like, why do I crave this? So I started asking myself these questions and start peeling back these layers on this journey in Southeast Asia. And I was gone for five months and that was a whole, that was like a whole awakening for me because I was able to like be apart from all the things that made me who I thought made me who I was, right? Like my friends, my family, my parents, like all of that. And I was just, it was just me. And I had, to, I got to introduce myself as I'm like, this is just me. Like there was no preconceived, like, I know you from this. I know you from that. Like it was yeah. just such a, such an experience. And so for me, that's when the 
big journey, like the big shift started happening. The journey of trying to like discover who I am and know there has to be a different way was from a young, young age. Yeah. That's so, and so what took you to Southeast Asia? Like, was it a mission trip? Like what I'm like, was it just like, I'm going on a vacation? Like I'm just got a backpack and I'm just living in some hostels. Like girl, how, how did you get there? Like, what were you doing in Southeast Asia? Asia. Yeah. So I am like, I say travel is my love language. So I love traveling. And so me and my husband before that, we used to travel together and take these trips together. And so whenever I came up with a whim of a crazy, like, let's go on this trip, like he would always jump on board. And so for some reason, Indonesia started like popping up on my radar, like it was everywhere. And so I was like, I'm going in, we're going to Indonesia. I told my husband, like, we're going to Bali. And he, he was like, no, we're not. And I'm like, yes, yes, we're going. Like there's a, and then like within a couple of weeks, a plane ticket that I found super cheap. And I was like, I bought it thinking that if I buy my plane ticket, my husband will buy his plane ticket. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's kind of how it's always worked. I'm like the little person who like little voice in his ear saying like, let's do this. Let's do that. And he will eventually jump on board. But this time he did not jump on board. Wow. So he was planning to propose at that time. And so he didn't, didn't think he could afford to take this trip. And so then I started planning it for one and he didn't think I was going to do it. I almost didn't think I was going to do it because it was just such like a, something I'd never done before. Right. But yeah, so that I ended up going to Southeast Asia and ended up, like you said, living in hostels, working in hostels, like doing yoga, meditating, just like being completely like I'm saying wild and free. Like it was like my eat, pray, love. (laughs) Yeah. And so you guys were, you guys weren't even engaged then, right? But he was going to, so he had to wait until you came back to propose to you he proposed before I left oh my gosh and I think in his heart he was thinking okay if I propose she's not gonna go yeah she'll stay (laughs) oh there's a part of me that when I reflect back on that trip I was calling it my eat pray love but it was almost like a running away from like my life at the time, because me and my husband, we moved to Texas and I had started a job and he was working away. And so I didn't know anyone, right? I was in this new city, didn't know anyone working this job alone. And so it was just like a way to like escape my life in a way. I didn't, when I took that trip, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the, let's go on vacation trip. It was like, how far away can I get from like feeling these feelings of discomfort? Yeah. In hindsight. Yeah. And so what, like, what were you running from? Like, I just, and I keep thinking of the Julia Roberts movie. I don't know if you ever saw it, The Runaway Bride. Because <laughs> you keep talking about running away and then he proposed and you're like, I'm out of here, Stella. <laughs> you know, so it just makes me think of the Julia Roberts movie. Um, <laughs> Oh my God. I don't know why that's so funny, but you know, you keep saying that, like, so did yeah. you discover like what you were running away from? Like when well, you peel the layers away, like, was it, mm-hmm. did you figure it out? Oh yeah. So that was the way I coped with anytime I felt discomfort in a relationship, a friendship, an argument. That was the way I cope. I just ran away. I would 
just take myself physically away from whatever was causing me discomfort. At that time, it was just being alone, away from my friends and family, not knowing what I was going to do with my life, feeling like I wasn't living a fulfilled life. And then once like once you're running away for so long, eventually it catches up to you. Those emotions that you keep pushing down eventually will catch up to you. What I learned, it didn't matter where trips I took or where I went, how beautiful it was. I was always left with myself and those feelings of discomfort, of like self-loathing, of not accepting who I was and who I am and not knowing who I was and who I am. Going through life on autopilot, that was what I was doing. I wasn't I was creating a life, but I wasn't consciously creating it at that point. And so think the thought of even getting married with that thought of like, who am I even to be getting married? Yeah. Like, do I waited so long to even get married just because it was like, there was so much fear there because if you don't know yourself and you take that into a relation, a marriage, not just a relationship, then it's, it just felt too much. When I think of sometimes, you know, people think, oh, we're going to get married and it's going to solve a problem. Mm. Or when you have kids, oh, this will solve my marriage. It's getting ready Mm. to fall apart. So sometimes people think of like, oh, I'll get married. And that's like the solution. And then they're still putting something that they need to work on, Mm. like beside themselves, because they think this is going to actually solve the problem, but it's not. So I think Mm. that you still went and you discovered who you were before you got married, I think is super smart. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you did that because who knows, like if you hadn't and you stayed, like if maybe your marriage wouldn't have lasted because Mm -hmm. maybe you would have then ran after a year because you're like, I don't even know who I am or I'm just saying, obviously, but, um, you know, I'm just wondering like if that would have been different. So I'm so glad that you did go and discover, you know, who you are. And then, so you guys got married and then how long after you got married, did you have your son? Yeah. So we got married within what was it? It was like two or three months after we get back from that trip, we got married from there, then moved again <laughs> to middle of nowhere, not North a Dakota. Now where are you? Now I'm middle of nowhere, North Dakota and Williston <laughs> and like this, this town where it's like all oil and gas town and the people there were beautiful. And I, it was a growing journey, but that's where I hit my rock bottom. That was where like the rebuilding really started because I was just now even worse like not only not only am I like in the middle of nowhere but I just got back from this trip I just got married and what was supposed to be like the most exciting like happy time was just like now what now what am I doing and so we lived in North Dakota and I went through like that dark night of the soul some might call it because I had a panic attack that I'd never had before and so that led me to start meditating and praying again and started to ask myself those questions again about like what is it that brings me joy what is important to me like what matters to me like how can I bring that peace that inner peace that I felt on that journey how can I bring that into my life now and that's when I stopped doing hair and went into learning how to be a coach and by learning how to be a coach, you can't help but apply all those tools onto yourself. For the longest time, I didn't even think I wanted kids. I, there was a part of me that wanted kids, but there was a part of me that was afraid, like fearful. And so I took actually a hypnotherapy was what helped me break that block of actually being able to like 
say, okay, it's safe for me now to have a kid. Like it's safe. Like the kid won't, doesn't have to have the same childhood that I had. Cause that was the fear behind it was like, my childhood was so traumatic. Like, I don't want to bring a kid into this world and have that kid live this traumatic life. And through that healing process, I was like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Like I can take the lessons, I could do it differently. And so within, which is a crazy thing to say, like gives me goosebumps just thinking it within, within like two weeks of that hypnotherapy session, I found out that I was pregnant. It was so mind blowing. It was like in that hypnotherapy session, I remember saying like, it's safe now for me to have a child. Like I'm ready. Like that baby can come and I could cry. (laughs) It's just thinking of it. It's so beautiful because like, so like the moment that shift, that mind shifted, I was literally pregnant with a kid and so me and my husband were married for two years before we uh, got pregnant with Everett. And that itself has been like an expansion of like love and like amazingness that I didn't know I was going to feel for this little person. Right. Especially because you, you know, didn't think that you were going to have kids because mm-hmm. you didn't feel safe as a child and mm-hmm. thinking that, okay, well, the, the stories of this is how a family is, or mm-hmm. maybe those things would happen, you know, when you were a mom, um, you know, to be able to work through that and mm-hmm. then to basically be pregnant, you know, kind of right away is, is really a miracle. It's yeah, awesome. It was a blessing is a blessing. <laughs> yeah. So then I love, you know, you talk so much about when, you know, you had your son, so you had Everett and then how things shifted for you, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, Josie and I met because we are in a po- we're in a podcasting group together and the name of her podcast st- really struck me because my word of the year is joy. Mm-hmm. Um, because the last year and a half, two years, I have not been living in as much joy because of everything going on. And, you know, I don't want to make excuses for that, you know, because, you know, there are things that I can control myself, but, you know, for me, I knew that if I have joy in all areas of my life, so with my family and my relationships and my businesses, this podcast, you know, then so much more abundance comes into my life in all areas. So how did you, like, how did you come up with that name? Like, what does joy mean to you? Because as a mom, I think sometimes we can take the joy out of being a mom mm-hmm. because it's all the things that we have to do. So what, did, what does that mean to you? So joy and fun for me go hand in hand. So you can't, I feel like you can't have one without the other. You have to have fun while being joyful and joyous. And so when I became a mom, so like I said, my love language is travel. My language is just having adventure and like living a life to the fullest. That's like my, like my mantra. And so, but when I became a mom, I like did this like switch in my mind of like, I'm a mom now. I'm going to put on this ponytail. I'm going to put my nose to the ground and I'm just going to be a mom. And I'm, it's going to be hard for 18 years. It's, this is it. I'm a mom. And I hadn't been going outside. I hadn't been listening to the music that I normally listen to. Like I wasn't like meditating. I just was putting myself like immediately in the back burner. Like the moment I became a mom, it was just like all these tools, all these things. Yeah. Like that. It, it, no one, it's like, it, it just happens. You, you, no one told you to, you just automatically like you're a robot, like something yes. at birth and you're like, now you're a mom. This is how you act. 
mind blowing. And my coach at the time, Gail said like, when was the last time you went outside? Like just outside. And I'd realized I hadn't gone outside the whole time ever was bored. And so I started going on walks and started being in nature and started like allowing him to come with us to the restaurant. I started taking him places like, I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be fun. (laughs) And he started like lighting up and seeing the, like seeing nature through his eyes, like going on these hikes and these day trips through his eyes, even such a young age. Yeah. And so, yeah, make life fun. I was, she just said, just keep having fun. And I said, I'm going to keep having fun. And so then the name of the podcast, I mean, when I went and took the course, that just was an easy, like make life fun because the moment I made that switch in my mind that I'm a fun mom, I'm going to make life fun. I looked for more opportunities to have fun and make life exciting and joyful. And yeah, that's how the name of the podcast came about. And that's how the podcast now we're talking all about self-acceptance because I feel like accepting yourself and where you are is how you can step into that joy, how you can step into the fun. You just do the best you can with where you are. Like this is the stepping stone. You can't get to where you're going until you accept fully and completely with so much grace and compassion and forgiveness where you are right now. And so on the podcast, that's what we're most of the talk with moms is about like loving yourself, accepting yourself. And then from there cultivating that joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you talk about joy and looking for joy and Mm -hmm. having fun and those kinds of things, I think it will be really helpful because sometimes like, so right now, Mike, as I'm recording this, like I have a 12 year old, a 15 year old, and then I have a 28 year old stepson. So like all boys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, putting the mom hat on, I am the Uber driver. I'm the event planner. I'm the chef. Um, I am the maid, you know, I'm the laundry person. Like I wear all of these hats and so fun is at the bottom. Like that's the last thing sometimes that I think about because all this other stuff has to get done or else we're not going to survive. How do you look to have more fun? Like, I would love if you have any advice or tip Mm -hmm. on that, because I do believe that is like, I think I'm not the fun one. Like my husband has the fun. I'm like, I'm the enforcer and I don't want that role. Like Mm -hmm. I would cry about it. Cause I'm like, I don't, I want to have more fun. Like I want to be doing that, but all this other stuff has to get done. Mm -hmm. How do you switch that? How do you first First thing first is you have to put fun on the top of your list. It cannot be on the bottom. You have to consciously decide fun is like, like you said, joy is your word of the year. Like joy is the top of your list. So then you look to incorporate that joy, that fun in everything that you're doing. And that for me is music. So I, whatever I'm doing, I am putting music on. I'm putting music on to do the dishes. I'm putting music on to do laundry. I am stopping and having dance parties. I am like high-fiving myself in the mirror. <laughs> so I'm walking past <laughs> the mirror with my son. Like I'm just looking for different ways to have fun. Like I am like telling dumb jokes with my husband. <laughs> that, like, like just finding ways, to just like the moment I think you make that decision that I'm going to be a fun mom, I'm choosing fun. Then you start to invite that in and then it almost becomes like second nature to find fun, even amidst the harder parts of life. Cause not every day is fun and not every moment is fun, but when you try to infuse it with just a little bit, 
of that fun, then you can't help but see more of that. And I so completely like when you were speaking of the mom with the different hats and like being the Uber driver, being the caretaker, like everything is on the mom. That is so true. And that's so true for a lot of moms. And that's true for me too, especially with my husband working, he works away and I'm here with Everett. But I think we, the identity we give ourselves matter. So if we always say like, I'm the enforcer, then that's who you are. That's the identity that you're going to take on. And so if you say, I'm fun, like I'm fun no matter what. Yeah. (laughs) Then that's the identity that you take on. I'm joyful. I'm joy. Like that's my identity for no matter what I'm doing. Then you start to embody you start to take on that identity that you give to yourself because words, I think, are the most important things. Yeah. Like the words that we put in our minds, the words that we put out for ourselves to see, I mean, the stuff that we allow into our bodies. And so that's why music is so huge for me because it's just the music that lifts my soul and my spirit and like speaks to me, even if I don't know the words, like they speak to my soul in a deeper way. And so change the identity of what you want to become and start saying it now. It doesn't have to be till when that happens. It can be like the moment you just say, I decide, I decide. Yeah. I write. So in my journal, I write, I'm a fantastic, I don't know. I like fantastic. I just think it's silly. I'm a fantastic mom, but then for the joy, like joy runs through every cell of my body. Mm Like, and so it's just like writing those and thinking them and feeling them on my vision board. Like that's mm-hmm. on my vision board, like fantastic. I found that word and like joyful, like those things it's like surround yourself because mm-hmm. I do think that, as you said, like words are so powerful. So mm-hmm. what we as women, what, I don't know what word I was going to make up there. I was going to make up a <laughs> word, but I don't know. Um, but us as women and moms, especially like that's, it's so important because things can get so heavy with all mm-hmm. the roles that we feel like we have to always be doing mm-hmm. that are put on us. We feel making fun, I think, mm-hmm. and it doesn't always have to be money, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you think, oh, we have to go spend money to have fun. Like we have to go bowling. We have to go skating. We have to go to the movies. It's like, no, you can have fun. Like just put mm-hmm. music on, have a dance party in your house. Yes. Like, play some games, play charades, like play Pictionary, like whatever, play, you know, karaoke, like whatever you want to do, whatever. like make fun and like cooking, mm-hmm. but like you can have fun with your kids. Like you ever, it's little, but like my kids are older and you know, teenagers and not sure. <laughs> um, TikTok, you know, but, like right? have fun. Would you say <laughs> TikTok? That's their fun. That's their love language, right? basically yes you're correct ma'am but yeah so I think that is another you know farce that we have to get rid of too is that in order to have fun I have to spend money Mm -hmm. because you don't have to go and spend money to have fun you can create your own fun Mm -hmm. especially with the world the way it is right now the world the way it is right now it's almost like in some places people still aren't going out and being able to even spend money to have fun. So you have to like start to get creative and find those different things that could be fun in your home and start to like, even think back to when you were a kid, like thinking of the little things that you like to do. Like one of my clients was like, I used to love to draw. I used to love to paint and I haven't done that in years. And I'm like, well, get a piece of paper and like start drawing, start painting, like start doing the things that you enjoy doing as a kid. And just even being creative starts to open you up in a way. 
Oh, I love that so much. So we have gone like all over the place. I love it. Is there (laughs) anything you feel like that you like haven't shared with the listeners or like the moms of the world that are listening (laughs) that you just feel is on your heart, something that you, you need to get off your chest? Yes. Yes. I love our conversation. I thought it was, oh, it's just crazy to relive those moments in my life as I'm telling the story of reliving them. So thank you for that. On my heart right now to share is for moms, especially moms, like give themselves the grace and compassion and the love and care that you need. Because we do, we wear so many hats and we have to show up and be a certain way for like the people in our lives and our families. But if we can take a moment, even every day, just even five minutes to be like, what is it I can reward myself with? Could, could it be like a cup of coffee, a cup of tea? Could it be just like one song, like going outside for a fresh air, calling your best friend, like just anything that just is going to put a smile on your face. Just do that for you today. Like do it for you every day, but give yourself that five minutes, like to, to like love on you. Yeah. Like that is what's on my heart is because we do, we go, go, go. And we're on autopilot so many things to do. And we have to like pause and intentionally like make it a hard, like this has to be done. I need five minutes where I am giving myself something that makes me feel good. I think it's so important because, you know, we do put ourselves last. No one tells us to do it. It's just who we, how we think it's supposed to be or just what we've seen. Mm -hmm. And so we put ourselves last. And so, you know, that is, I think, powerful to to say, like, you have to put yourself first because Mm -hmm. if you don't, nobody else is going to, and then you're showing other people how to treat you because you aren't even doing anything for yourself. So why should anyone do anything for you? Mm -hmm. Or then you resist when people try to help you because you're not used to helping yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really powerful. Yep. It definitely starts with us. All of it starts with us. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last question for you, my friend. Um, I, this is how I love to end the podcast. So we, as women, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but we are so ingrained to celebrate other women and high five other women. And, you know, we don't do that enough for ourselves. So I want to know, Josie, what is something that you just love about yourself right now? Oh, that's a great question. I love that. That's your question for the end of the podcast. What I love about myself right now is my tenacity. Like I love that I show up. I love that I keep showing up and it doesn't matter. Like if I get knocked down or if I'm not feeling it, like I am my own cheerleader. I am my own hype woman. And I love that about myself. And That is, yeah, what I'm loving about myself is that I keep showing up and I'm tenacious and I'm so eager to like encourage and lift people up and pour my love from the overflow. Like I love me. (laughs) That's beautiful. And like your whole voice changed. Like you were like tenacious, you know, it was like like fighter and like a boxing ring or something. You're like, yeah, this is what I love. Like I'm knocking all those things down. It's beautiful. Uh, People are going to want to find you, Josie. So can you tell people where to find you and your podcast? Because they're going to want to definitely, you know, stay in touch with you. Yeah. So make life fun podcast, especially for mamas. If you are looking for your soul family, like that is what I'm cultivating. That is what I'm creating with make life fun is a tribe of moms and women that are being unapologetic 
we loving themselves and pouring that love from the overflow. Like that is what my soul family, that's what I'm calling in. Right now, I'm just having fun on Instagram, <laughs> posting <laughs> dance videos and pictures of me and my son. And so come follow me, just Josie Wheatman at Josie Wheatman on Instagram. Cool. And I'll make sure I put that in the show notes too, so that people can definitely find you and, and, and follow your podcast and stuff too. It's great. So thank you so much for being here today. Yes, I love what you're doing. And I am so stoked to be here. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I believe in the power of connection and community. If you loved this conversation and have a friend who you believe needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. It could transform their day. Share it on Instagram and tag me at Melissa Clampett. I'd love to shout you out and say hello. I'm so grateful for all of you listening and sharing. Follow this podcast on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. Your support means the world to me. If you found inspiration today, take a second and leave me a five-star review so more moms can find this podcast. I'd love to continue the conversation with you in our free Facebook group. It's linked in the show notes because who has time to write all that down? I believe in you, mama. I see you. I hear you. I'm Melissa Clampett, and this is the Reawakened Mom Podcast.